0: Can we honor the gift that's amongst us and welcome Anne Tate to share with us tonight. And we love you. You're part of the family. So please come and enjoy. Well, I don't know that I could follow Dave <laughs> and take a room full of adults and make them eight-year-olds. <laughs> but I will try to take a room full of adults... And cause us to observe Christmas in a new way. Um, It's been my great privilege to be here, and I fought hard for the opportunity (laughs) to be away from Global Spheres for two weeks. Because after all of that flying, sometimes you need to process with people you love and And see what's next and how you're going to move in it. And listen intently to what the Lord is saying. And uh, I love these people here. I love this fellowship. You are often in my prayers. And I see you in my spirit when I'm not here. And when Jen and I have conversations, she'll say... These are growing, and this is happening, and this is what's going on. And it's like our meat and our bread to see all that the Lord is doing and how he's growing in you, in Burton, and in the British Isles. And we we give God glory for that. We thank him for all that he's doing, that he notices us, and that he knows our name. I think I've tricked it out. (laughs) Jenny asked me if I needed a PowerPoint, and I said, I never have a PowerPoint. I have a piece of paper that I'll draw several lines on when I'm feeling extra creative, but uh, I did make uh, three sentences here on my notes, so it will help keep me on track. Uh, Tonight, when I got here, I was looking at Luke 1. And I was thinking about this is the year of birthing, because 5779 is the year of birthing. And we're not just birthing a year, but as we go into nine, it's a transition year. So we're birthing the next decade. And we're positioning ourselves so as we go into the next decade, we are wringing every bit of the life out of it that God is sending us. And he started off great in November and prophesied over the British Isles, over London, over all of us, over Burton-on-Trent, and talking about what a great role that you would have over it. Jen and, uh, and Steve and I were in Scotland with Emma and David Stark and uh, Nigel and Louise Reed and... Uh, Roy and Vanessa Hackett from Wales, and uh, the Reeds are from Dublin. And we started looking at some things that we needed to pay attention to because the Lord wants to clear a way, and we are preparing the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And every person is going to do that which they see or they hear God say that they are to do. And so yesterday, we passed out the words, and people got to see. Uh, Though some of them had never gotten the word. You have to travel in ecclesiastical circles to be on the list to get the transcribed words. But we try to make them available as soon as we possibly can. Sometimes they don't give them back to us. And uh just depends on how we can get those words from them. After Chuck has spoken, it's like following around a fire hydrant that's on wide open all the time. <clears throat> but we knew immediately that it was an important word and that we need to pay attention to it. So I was struck by this. I went to Luke 1, and... And as I began to look at the story of, you know, where in the message it says it very conversationally, and he said, we we are trying to, so many others have tried their hand at putting together a story of the wonderful harvest of scripture and history that took place among us, and we are at that exact place. Because the Lord has said there's going to be a harvest. And so when the Message Bible speaks in that language, it really speaks to my spirit. And when the Message Bible first came out, I was telling somebody this yesterday, it had a hard back. And it was kind of a thick book, but it didn't have the normal places where you stumble in reading it. And I read it like a novel. And I read it over and over and over again. I remember being in a hotel room shooting commercials. And 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 then Don was having some meetings in uh, court. And I'm reading this Bible over and over and over again. And that was more than 20 years ago. And so recently, <clears throat> I got to looking for this Bible, which is in a sack. was in a paper bag by now because... After reading it that many times, underlining, making notes, it was just in pieces. And so a friend of mine bought me two Bibles, two message Bibles, because she knew I would have to have one at home and one at work. And I have it on my phone. So when I started reading this Bible, it just spoke into my heart things that I couldn't hear in other translations. And I have a Vietnamese uh, friend who uh, helps in the vast, uh, arduous task of keeping me presentably looking. (laughs) As the older you are, the harder it is to get cute, and you just (laughs) need to know that. (laughs) So I gave her. She was asking me. She was explaining a dream she had, and she said, "Um, So what does this dream mean, Miss Ann? And I said, That means you've got some fear and anxiety. And she said, what do I do about that? I said, well, well, I know she's Catholic. I said, what I do is I read. And I read the simplest Bible I can find. Because I'm just not that smart. And my spirit has to open to it and be quickened by it. And so when you look at Luke 1 and you think about that, it's like the Lord delivers us by what we conceive. And he showed in Luke 1 that he, caused, he could cause a conception to come to somebody who was barren. He showed that he could conceive things in a single woman that would take her through her life, that would take her in such an extraordinary journey if she'd just agree with the conception. No matter how what man said, no matter how appropriate anybody thought it was, if she'd just stand and receive what he was trying to conceive in her, that he would change her life and the lives of us 2,000 years later as a result of that conception but that conception now <clears throat> i think about these things a lot because in the year of conceiving we are totally dependent upon the lord for him to quicken us by his seed by his word we are totally dependent upon that And he knows what we don't know. I say that a lot about Chuck. There's just one thing about him. He knows what we don't know. (laughs) And thank God he shares it. And I feel the same way about the Lord. Thank God he comes to me in the night season or in the morning and dispels whatever mystery that I didn't even know I was fighting with. He begins to speak in my spirit, and suddenly I'm pregnant with something, some desire that he has, and he's able to give such an impartation that you'll carry that as long as it's necessary for a live birth to occur and things to be shifted and changed, and no matter the hardship, that you're walking in. There's somehow such a potency on what he gives us that we stand in awe of what he's doing. Because first of all, I think you, you could have picked Jenny over here <laughs> or Maria. They're a lot smarter than I am. Or you could pe- pick Dick. She's very loyal to do what you say that she's to. I'm dicey. <laughs> I don't really know if you can trust me, Lord. I want you to, and I want to deliver what you want to deliver through me. But somehow I think all of us have this view of ourselves. And no one, I don't think, starts out ever to do a great work for the Lord. We're just trying to hear him and do what he's saying and frame our life. A pregnant woman frames her life around that quickening Because everything, everything is changing within her. Everything is changing in her and causing things to shift and knowing that in nine months, there's going to be a new order after its birth. This is just getting it birthed. After it comes, there will be a new order. There has to be. You can't live with your husband like, you're, uh, like you did when you were just the two of you. You can't sleep late. You're lucky if you can sleep at all when you've got a baby. You know, there are a lot of things, it demands nurturing, it demands caring, it demands working with. They are helpless, and, and nobody else may be able to see the potential in this child that you have. They are not big as a minute. But that is how the Lord is with us. And when he quickens something in us for us to carry, we have to think about it like this. And most pregnant women don't tell their wider acquaintances right away when they feel like they're pregnant. It takes time. It's time. They want to be sure that this is the Lord and this is going to happen and that there's health and there's well-being here. And the, and the woman worries about how secure are things going to be. Can you imagine being Mary at 13 years old and standing with that baby? Well, in Tim, Sheet, Tim Sheets has just recently published a book, and it's not available uh, from Amazon yet, but in this book, He talks about Mary and her father came from Egypt to Jerusalem. And he gives all the resources that collaborate this amazing testimony. And her father was the brother of Joseph of Arimathea. And so something happened. He brought her to Jerusalem in order to form a marriage contract for her. And I know every step of this was authored by the Lord. And it made so much sense when they fled to Egypt because there were people there who knew them to help take care of them. And this small child they had. But he said that something happened to Mary's father, and he died or was imprisoned. They had a great deal of money. They were well off, as was Joseph, his family. And when Mary and Joseph um, married, that would make Joseph of Arimathea, Jesus' grandfather, so to speak, in family relationship, and he paid for for the tomb that Jesus was in. It's very interesting, and Gamaliel, who is a Jewish historian, these things have been collaborated both by historians and, and uh, in antiquity, and they verified these things. And when... Uh, when, uh, Mary, uh, was 50 years old, she was interviewed by Gamaliel. Again, he interviewed her several times through her life about how extraordinary that was. Now we all know that Jesus, that the Lord God Almighty chose Mary for this commission, but bear in mind that he chooses you for what he plants in you too. He's just as careful as he does that. And he puts in you the destiny that you have to activate the gifting that you have to carry that and to uh, execute what he's planted in you. So this Christmas season, you will be with other people that may not be believers, that may not know anything about the Lord or understand your passion. For him or why you would be engaged in the lifestyle that you live. And so I hope that in this season you'll be more aware of the glory that you are carrying than of their um, ridicule, or their unwillingness to see. You cannot expect a heathen to be anything but a heathen. And every person has to figure this out for themselves. They have to have an, an exchange, a divine exchange with the Lord so that he can conceive in them. And I want you to pray for the people that you're going to be around and pray that the Lord move. And conceive not only in you, but in them. And then try not to dig up the seed after you've prayed for it. And try to love as heartily and as completely as you possibly can the people that you're going to be around this season. You may be the only testimony they observe this season as you're going through this. But when Mary uh, and Elizabeth and Zachariah conceived, they were. it was an order that man could never have discerned. And it said that many had wanted, had tried to tell this story. Just like many of us tried to tell the story of how he came into us. I mean, I think about it. When people ask me on a plane or someplace, and I have to trust the Lord that he'll come and say what they need to hear, what will quicken them, and to lose a word that is so potent that their life begins to change from that moment. I don't know why I'm feeling this so deeply, Tonight, but it's critical that we have a harvest, and we can't figure out how to harvest or who to harvest or what to harvest in ourselves. We just have to be available when we can when uh, when there is a word of encouragement or enrichment that the Lord would would release to you to release to someone else. And it's so hard not to try to poke it and see if there's a root (laughs) forming or try to overwater it or overfeed it, which kills most plants, but to leave it alone and let it grow and let the Lord be the Lord of the harvest and let us just be messengers and let go on what the Lord is doing. Is there anyone here tonight... That doesn't know the Lord. This most often happens to me when that is the case that there's someone in the room. And you don't have to you don't have to say anything, you don't have to do anything. But just consider what would make a grown woman cry to see the Lord move inside of you. Or why is so important. Or how you can agree in it. Jenny and I watched a movie this afternoon. We watched God's Not Dead Dead. Dead 2. And, of course, I cried through all that. Because (laughs) it was so, it was an amazing story. But in the United States, you know, they have a, uh, the, the most important football player rookie of the year, and they give him what they call the Heisman Trophy. And I cry in that, too, because usually it's a truck driver's son. Someone who had very little to recommend them on any kind of uh, wealth scale or highly placed individuals, but it's somebody who believed that they could do what they were being asked to do, and they put themselves to the test over and over and over again until they achieved what they believed they could do. And that's what we're like. I hope that's how we're like, is we keep moving because we've caught a glimpse of what the Lord wants to do. We've caught the glimpse that's been quickened in us to move forward In the way the Lord wants to move, we've caught a glimpse of His glory in us or in someone else. And I never want to be hardened to that glimpse. But if there is anyone here who has never formed a relationship with the Lord, let me just say this. All that's necessary for you to do is to tell the Lord. When you are by yourself, that you want him to be the Lord of your life. And then he'll do the rest. And he'll keep you moving until you have come to the place where you can begin to move in it in a fuller way. It is a glorious life to live I've heard thousands of testimonies in my lifetime about the strange and sordid places we were in before we met the Lord and what happened to us afterward. And it seemingly was just amazing events. And you'll have your story too. The important thing is to get started on writing your book. And being sure that your name is in the the book of life. So, Lord, we just thank you for every life, every family... Represented here, every person that wears the name of Jesus, that testifies to the glory of the Lord, who praises your name, who goes to the trouble to be in your presence, to bring your presence into place, to work with others. Uh, When we are not that good at working with others, at coming together and working together to do what we feel like you want done. Lord, I thank you for this people. And I thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And I thank you that you are honoring this house of refuge with all that you're doing in this season. In the name of Jesus.